Welcome to the PropTech Podcast. It's Kylie Davis here, and I'm delighted to be your host as we explore the brave new world where technology and real estate collide. It's great to have you here and to share more stories of innovation and the opportunities across real estate, property, and building services. Now, the aim of each episode is to introduce listeners to a PropTech innovator who's pushing the boundaries of what's possible across how we design, build, buy, sell, rent, and invest in property, and all of the associated behaviour around that. Now, none of this would be possible without our sponsors, so a big shout out to the team at Direct Connect, Dynamic Methods, the innovators behind Forms Live and RealWorks Forms, and the PropTech Association of Australia. Thanks so much, everybody, for your support of the podcast. Now, my guest this week is David Bowie. No, obviously not that David Bowie, although of course he gets that response all the time. But David Bowie, the Senior Vice President and Managing Director of MRI Software Asia Pacific. David has a 25-year history in the technology space, working for companies including PwC, IBM, Dimension Data and SAS. And if you're not sure who MRI Software is, well, they are a global real estate solutions company that purchased Rockend back in 2019. David joined MRI just before the pandemic broke out. And since then, he's made an impact as a transformative leader who has also acquired several well-known prop techs, including Australian CRM Box and Dice and New Zealand prop tech, who's on location. David's a big believer in the importance of strong organisational cultures. And in this interview, we talk about the role of long-standing tech suppliers in the innovation ecosystem and driving change in large organisations, including the best way to handle rusted on clients who may not wish to upgrade. So David Bowie, welcome to the PropTech Podcast. Thank you so much, Kylie. Wonderful to be here. It is great to have you here. So, David, what is the MRI elevator pitch? It's always our first question. First question. So, the, at the mission level, our mission is about transforming the way communities live, work and play. And fundamental to that is what we call our open and connected tech platform. So, open and connected, you'll see as a theme through this podcast, is uh, one way we support and grow the prop tech industry. Uh, in the ANZ market, we've got about 300 employees now, so fairly, fairly substantial, uh, and they are either developers, implementers, or in support side uh, of the prop tech solutions we take to market, and mm-hmm. they are across um, two major segments. The first segment is what we call MRI at work, uh, and that's property and asset management solutions for owners, operators, and occupiers of real estate assets. So which is the big fee managers, many of Australia's REITs and so on. So that's our at-work business. Mm-hmm. And then we have what we call our MRI living business. Think of that as where people lay their head at night. Uh, it includes residential solutions for property managers. So we've got you know, something like one, about 1. 1.2 million properties under management on our cloud-based platforms. There are strata managers, about 800,000 watts under management there. Uh, sales agents on the CRM side, about 5,000 users. And actually about 25 social housing providers with about uh, 60,000 properties under management. So those are the two segments uh, that those 300 people focus on. Right. So so your elevator pitch, like the summary of it, is that MRI delivers software and solutions to help manage property. Manage property, buy property, buy property. sell property, uh, measure the investment in property, everything to do with a property asset. 
Perfect. Okay. And the ecosystem that goes around it. So. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Perfect. Love that. Cool. So, so you're a fairly new CEO at M- at MRI. Like you came on just before COVID hit from memory. What what attracted you to the job? Well, so I, I think you know, firstly, the the real estate industry itself is is such a fascinating space, and mm-hmm. uh, for me, uh, learning about it was was part of the you know, big attraction. Uh, a company that's investing in growth in this region was also a, a, a big attraction. Uh, and, and also, I think, you know, as an industry, it's fairly fragmented and probably not as far on the technology maturity curve as a lot of industries. You know, I've been involved uh, in the, the banks and telcos in my prior life. Uh, and I think there's a lot more that can be done with tech to enable business outcomes. And, and that potential of the industry was certainly exciting as well. Mm-hmm. So, so. Where, what was your background? You were, you, you, I know you had a dark past as an accountant. Well, that's my dark past. <laughs> the only thing that does for me these days is it helps me make sure that uh, anything I do to do with tech is focused on business outcomes. But uh, the last 30 years I've been in the tech industry, uh, various systems integrators, management consulting, uh, and probably the last 15 years for a, a software company providing analytics solutions. So I do mm-hmm. have this bent that data is a strategic asset and that certainly excites me in this industry as well. Oh, yeah, there's so much untapped data that we still need to get our hands on, right? Yeah, so correct. so what made MRI, because MRI is a global company, they took over Rockend um, what, about two or three years ago now, like pandemic, you know, blurring the timelines as it, as it has. But what made, what made MRI want to come into Australia? So we were already in Australia. So um, we had uh, on the MRI at work side, we had about 40, 50 people providing solutions for you know, the likes of JLL and so on have been clients for 20, 30 years. Okay. So we, we were already there, but um, this the acquisition of Rock End was a significant step into the residential property management side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for MRI as a global player, we've got something like 2,500 staff globally. We saw the APAC region as a key strategic growth pillar for us. And obviously within the APAC, region, Australia and New Zealand are fundamental to that. Uh, so it was a very natural step to, to step out of or step into the residential side as complementary to uh, what we already had uh, here in Australia. Okay. So, but your acquisition hasn't ended at Rock End. Um, like you've been quite busy over the last <laughs> for the last six months or so or 12 months. You recently bought Box and Dice, and I think you've also bought What's on Location, uh, which is a New Zealand prop tech. Who's on location? Who's on Who's on location? There's Sorry, a we could do there, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what's on? Yeah, who's on first? Um, what What was the thinking behind acquiring those two businesses? Yeah. What did they let you do? Well, so since yeah, since um, the acquisition of Rock End, there's been three, and all of them been this year. So it's been never, never a dull day, I must say, Kylie. So uh, mm. Box and Dice was. Um, you know, when I went and spoke to clients and being a newbie to the industry, I had to spend a lot of time listening to understand what was going on. And certainly there was a desire to simplify uh, the ecosystem of technology and, and more it's a growing trend towards having, you know, not one platform but, but more common platforms. And so it was a natural way of simplifying uh, the ecosystem to offer not just property management but also agency CRM. Uh, where that strategically lead is starting to head towards having this, this concept of a single uh, view of a customer mm-hmm. and to be able to view them across the life cycle of the person rather than the life cycle of the property. Mm. Um, you know, as people move from being a tenant to a 
prospective buyer to an owner to a landlord to a seller uh, and, and build that relationship there. So we saw Box and Dice uh, as a key part of that and of that evolution. And not that that's going to be for everyone, but that is, I think, somewhere where it will start to head. Uh, and if you think about that life cycle of a person in the property ecosystem, the amount of services and so on they consume over that lifetime is just huge. So, mm. you know, being able to have that single view I think is important and be able to use the data uh, is important. Um, probably the other thing we saw in Box and Dice is very strong footprint uh, in Melbourne and Victoria in particular, but not so much uh, other states of Australia or New Zealand, and that's where we are strong. So we saw a natural synergy for us to be able to help uh, fuel the growth of Box and Dice beyond uh, beyond just Melbourne and Victoria. Awesome. So I love this idea that, I mean, I love the way that you've encapsulated that, that we're moving away from a property-centric view of what happens inside real estate to a customer or a person-centric view, and, and that opens up a whole new world, doesn't it? Like that that, that whole, end, you know, life, customer for life and, and all the things you can add on to that. So, so your vision is to help enable agents and property managers or, you know, businesses in the property space deliver that end-to-end customer experience? Yeah, absolutely. And it won't be just us. I mean, there's so many cool tech plays out there and, and for many of them we are sort of going to be a channel to market for those innovations. So it won't be just us, but I think, uh, yeah, yeah the, the, the possibilities around data and the services that come with property is, is huge. So uh, that, that's an exciting part of it. And I think you know, there's plenty of smart people in this industry who will, you know, figure out ways to capitalise on that as well. Mm. And do you, do, look, does MRI need to own everyone that's part of your ecosystem or are you looking at plugging and playing? Yeah, plug and play. So um, that, that whole concept of being open and connected is about not trying to be all things to all people. I don't think you can constantly keep up with every innovation that is possible if you try and do it all yourself. That's no. not the way to innovation in, in our mind. Well, it gives you a very big tech debt. Tech well, debt. <laughs> it does. It does. And so we, we certainly see ourselves as a platform play. Yeah, you know, the, the underlying pinnings of the transactions you manage in your property environment, that's across all the solutions we have. But bringing in some of the, the other the, uh, innovations that might help deliver a better outcome, a more efficient outcome and a better experience. And so is that is that why you brought in box and dice like is is that sort of bringing in or buying in innovation that you don't have part of your innovation strategy? Yeah, so if you talk about innovation for a sec, you know, we we see that um, uh, innovation is about reducing time to value as opposed to that's a different I choose definition I choose to use because I would never just sort of describe myself as a uh, Technologists per se, yeah. But if, if innovation is about reducing the time to value uh, and, and recognizing that you know innovation without business value is really just novelty, our strategy around that has three three paths to drive that innovation. Uh, the first is developing our own products. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you would expect our products are going to evolve. That uh, yeah, the, the trend towards cloud that is going to continue to drive innovation, and we need to to come up with that. And sometimes, for for example, we just rolled out some new capabilities of a particular function that came from a hackathon we had internally, a global hackathon that one of our teams here locally won, uh, and that's just rolled into production. So that's great when you have that ingrown uh, innovation. The second path is so uh, partnering with other prop tech companies, and I think we've got something like 165 partnerships here in Australia. Wow. For organisations who are connected into our platform. 
some of those are sort of just you know on the fringe. Some of them are quite deeply embedded. So for for example, uh, we have a solution called Maintenance Plus, uh, which is the white labelling of the solution from Bricks and Agents. Ah, hey Ralph, <laughs> hey go Ralph. <laughs> Ralph is indeed. Uh, that wasn't a paid editorial either. <laughs> Uh, that's about yeah, providing you know, a white label solution, so less complexity, but using the innovation and what was already in place with them. Uh, you might have also seen fairly recently we also announced a partnership with Propping, uh, and and that's bringing you know they've got some great AI capability that we can uh, bring to market throughout our channel as well. So there's that that angle of innovation, uh, and the third angle is around acquisition. So um, that you know, an accelerated way of reducing time to value is sometimes to to acquire the technology, and we're always on the lookout for complementary solutions that might uh, accelerate or reduce the time to value through through our own innovation. Let, let's explore that a little bit more because I I love this idea, and what I'm trying to push as a concept at the at the PropTech Association, it says there's lots of ways you can exit as a founder. Like there's not, you don't just have to hang in there and wait to become a unicorn, like, because that doesn't necessarily work for everyone. But there's lots of different successful ways that you can exit. Um, tell me about what the opportunity is for businesses, for, for PropTechs that, that get acquired by MRI. Like what does that offer them, offer the founders as a, as a pathway? It's horses for courses. Um, it really depends on the objectives of of the founder, of the organizer, of the investors exiting as to what their personal objectives are. I think one of the things we've got now, I'm really excited about uh, our business here in, in this region and why it's such a great learning experience for me to learn from some industry experts is the leadership team I've got come from, some some have been MRI for quite a long time, some have come from Rock End. Uh, you know, Michael Abbott was the CEO of um, of Palace. He's uh, on the leadership team now, running our whole product strategy. Uh, so yeah, and you know, it, it it depends. And we've had different people move into different roles. So that brings that diverse thinking. It's not a sense of you know we've got a bolt on acquisition, but we do see the opportunity to give career paths and growth for uh, people who've come from the acquired company in our business. So some look at it as great career opportunity to be involved in a, a significantly a significant global prop tech. From their small beginnings and maybe not having to worry about the day-to-day cash flow and those sorts of nitty-gritty things and mm. capitalize on the efficiency we have. Uh, but others just want to exit. Some want to put their feet up and retire. And so we we don't have a prescribed model. I do really think, you know, one of my biggest focuses is, is it's not just about integrating the technology, it is about integrating the client base and the people. Yeah. And I probably put more focus on that than the, the technology day one to know how we're aligned to people's individual uh, career goals and objectives. Let's just take a short break and hear a quick word from our sponsors. Imagine a real estate forms and contract solution that's always accessible, up to date with legal changes and cuts admin time by 40%. That's the beauty of the Forms Live platform from Dynamic Methods. With Forms Live, Dynamic Methods have created a form system that is easy, online and best of all, compliant. Every month, 50,000 agents and property managers use Forms Live in 7,500 agencies across every state and territory in Australia. Plus, Forms Live has over 100 integrations, including the industry's most popular CRMs, connection services, and digital signatures with DocuSign, making it the national platform of choice for real estate forms. Check them out at formslive.com.au. So, so 
what are your challenges? Let, let's talk a little bit about culture because I know that you and Chris Hanley have been talking recently and we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago um, and we sort of had this aha moment where we all realised that actually um, you know, we've been talking about technology being a human issue lately but I know that you've got lots of really interesting thoughts around the importance of culture in an organisation. So how does culture help you innovate? Uh, so I think they go hand in hand. I, yeah, my, my view on um, innovation is that it, it is absolutely linked to culture. Um, I think culture creates the climate for good innovation by giving people the permission to challenge the status quo. Now, in a, in a small startup, the, that innovation typically gets directed at technology and that's appropriate and that drives great innovation. In a bigger company like us, it's not just about the technology. It might be the way we do things. Uh, and, and so the favourite question I hate is in, in any big company, not just here, is that's the way we've done things around here. Mm, you, need, you need to be able to challenge that and say, well, hang on, why do we do it that way? Is that still the best way? Is there some other way to do it? So I think creating an environment where it's safe to challenge the status quo is an important part of innovation. Uh, and recognising the best ideas do not come from, certainly don't come from me, um, and often they don't come from a leadership team. They often will come from a developer working on a hackathon. So creating a culture where people feel safe to challenge the status quo, in fact, actually feel even probably better than safe, they feel inspired to come up with new ideas and ways of doing things. I, I think that's a healthy culture around innovation. Um, so, yeah, mm. that's the innovation lens to culture. There's a whole other... Uh, segue we can go down culture path but we'll see yeah no well, well let's do that let's just let's take a minute to do that because I know you've got your vision and values and just run us through what they are again uh the well so so I'll go back to uh, a step above mission is I put a purpose statement right. and our purpose I think it's kind of be driven by the why and our purpose is that we believe people thrive in well-connected communities mm-hmm. it's not a big statement but what it means is at a technology level, how do we help our clients be connected with their stakeholders? So technology that allows a smooth interaction in for a property manager, for a sales agent, whatever it is, there's a technology answer to that. There is a client partnership answer to that, which is yeah, I want us to be connected with our client stakeholders, and that means having a voice of a customer, uh, listening to what the issues are uh, in the industry. We've got a client advisory board, those sorts of things to connect with customer. Actually, if I could throw in a plug, we've actually just launched our voice of the property manager survey. Go for uh, it. I'm sure if I ask you nicely, we can put a link <laughs> to the podcast. We certainly will. No, we love we love links. We love links. Love links. <laughs> links and shout outs. We love them. <laughs> that angle of connection. But the other thing is is important is yeah, people thrive in well-connected communities. In in today's COVID world, more than ever, uh, things like mental health are real issues and, and connecting internally is an important part of mental health and well-being. Uh, and I think, yeah, you want people to go home feeling good about themselves when you finish your working day and you can't separate work and life these days. It's impossible. So you want to make them more synonymous so people can thrive not just in their home environment but in their working environment. And I think that's an ongoing challenge for any businesses to bring those sorts of conversations around mental wellness and so on to the table uh, because if, you know, if we're connected as an industry, we will all thrive, you know. Yeah. And, and there's room for competition. There's room for things not to always work out. But I think that sense of connection is important. Cool. I'm going to ask. I'm going to go backwards a little bit and ask you a question that I feel like I missed out before. But if I am a prop tech who is interested in integrating with MRI, and again, this might be another link in the show notes kind of question. But how do how do you do that? 
Uh, typically it comes from, it'll come from one of two ways. It'll come from people reaching out to us and saying, hey, we've done this great thing. Uh, how about connection? That's mm-hmm. one way. There's probably three actually. The second is, hey, listen, we're already doing this stuff with some of your clients. They'd like us to be more tightly integrated. Can we, yep. can we do an integration? Yep. Uh, and the third area is we go looking as well. So if we think there's a gap uh, in our product portfolio that we think a partner might have a cool solution, we will go, we will go looking as well. So it, it, it can be outbound if you like. Awesome. So, so that's a great segue to the next question, which is, what do you, what do you think the challenges are? What do you see the challenges are that your customers are facing at the moment? You know, it's, it's uh, uh, I'm going to put efficiency probably at the top of it. I think if yeah. one of the ways of doing doing more with less and doing it in an integrated fashion, given that very now uh, mobile that- diverse workforce. That's that whole time-to-value conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Time-to-value and, and decluttering their day-to-day so they're focused on value-add tasks and, and is tied with, with mental wellness. People get frustrated if they can't get their job done easily. Yep. At the moment, they're and this is sort of vision rather than present, so yeah, it, it is about you know, fewer systems, more seamless workflow processes, those sorts of things to get to that, that sense of connection in my environment. So I think there's that efficiency challenge. Uh, I think the, the challenge around things like staff retention and culture are very real as well. Um, you know, I, I ran a panel at our client event oh, a few months ago, back in May, I think it was, uh, and around the question of staff retention in the property management industry. Uh, and the, there's no question that the, some of the turnover stats are, are quite significant. Mm-hmm. And so being able to integrate, bring people in from a you know, client service background into a role like property management, get them up to speed quickly, give them the data, the systems, the tools, the I guess the organisational knowledge that allows them to be up to speed with the relationships with landlords and tenants more rapidly is important. So I think that whole that whole sense of dealing with attrition in the industry and making it smoother for people to join but also then hopefully want to stay longer is an important part uh, of, of that. So I think there, there, there's that. And I think the other the other one is around consolidation. The challenge the industry is, well, which bets do I place? And what are the relative pros and cons of the different types of directions I can go around prop tech? So you, you, you published an article a couple of months ago on the different you know, start-up to scale-up to mature organisations in that ecosystem. And I think that was important to know the difference and what you get depending on what your choice is and what your appetite is for those different scenarios. Because yeah. Yeah, for the risk that the, 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 how, what your appetite for risk is. Well, exactly, and and, and you know, whether you want to be a leader or a follower, uh, whether you want to be safe or risky, you know, all those sorts of things. Because it is a very very fragmented industry. I think that'll change over time. I think there will be more consolidation in the industry. Um, you know, innovation is great. Not every innovation makes it to delivering a business outcome and, and survives. Mm. Want to create an environment where people give things a go and, and uh, that, that can flourish when it, when it solves a real business problem. Yeah. Well, it, it'll certainly consolidate if you guys keep going the way you're going, right? <laughs> well, we'll do a few. I know. There's lots more out there. I can recommend a few. Plenty more out there for sure. So so we talked a little bit about, so you mentioned just before um, the problems that your customers are facing. We are seeing, we are very likely to see a big resignation, like they're talking about the great resignation that's going to hit after COVID. And I read a an interesting report by a group called Employment Hero, which were taking had had done their own data search, and they were um, Australian group that were saying they are estimating about forty eight percent 
of employees are thinking of res- of resigning and moving jobs in the next sort of six to twelve months um, post COVID. What is the and and we know from the uh, the voice of property managers, the last survey that came out a while ago that um, you know that the average time a property manager is in their job was what about two years or something that was kind of um, and maximum was around about six. So when these are not really long term careers for the majority of women that 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 take up the profession, um, what's the industry going to look like if we see some of you know that kind of resignation levels? I think there's a couple of things around the way culture helps people um, engage with the, the business, regardless of the industry. So, yeah, some of it will be specific to to real estate, others generic. I do think having purpose beyond just task is important. I think we've got to give people the why. Uh, you know, especially the younger generation, the, the millennials have a, a strong sense of purpose. Yeah. Uh, how are we making a difference in people's lives? How are we making it better? How do we feel like we're contributing to purpose is important. So to me, that means, especially for you know, senior leaders in the industry, is to create the why and trust people to work out the what and how. Um, I, I do also think I, I like to use the term work-life integration rather than work-life balance. Mm. Uh, we, we touched on this before. They do merge. So, And I think that, that should be encouraged. I think there is a positive benefit of allowing that integration to happen and COVID sort of accelerated some of that thinking, certainly my own. I've progressed hugely in how I would adapt and adopt and embrace a more diverse working environment. Um, so I think work and work-life integration is not feeling you have to leave your values at the door. I think feeling that you can be yourself in the work environment as you can at home and whether that's as, you know, whether that's a gender thing, whether it's a sexuality thing, whether it's religion, whether it's family, all those, all those aspects of diversity I think need to come alive in a culture that thrives. Uh, because in in the great resignation, people people will be able to find a company that meets all their values. It's not just about money; it mm-hmm. is about purpose and interest and alignment to to people's personal you know personal story. And it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah, and challenge for leaders. Yeah, oh, well, I, I think it definitely is because what we saw during COVID was that those companies that had, you know, innovation in place that meant that they could mobilise their workforce, uh, you know, their agents and their property managers at home quickly. They were much better set up than companies who, you know, still had tech sitting under the desk that needed people to be physically in the office to manage it. Well, exactly. So that that, that won't work in the future. So I don't think businesses will will be able to survive with that. Yeah, um, but if we embrace that kind of cloud and and that more flexible work practices, then the type of people that we can invite into the industry and the opportunities that we have to grow the workforce and um, is much stronger than than what we have at the moment. So this whole complaint, this whole complaint about not having enough people out there who want to do the job, starts to actually change. Let's just take a short break and hear a quick word from our sponsors. Do you run a prop tech business or are you the founder of a prop tech? Make sure you join the Prop Tech Association of Australia. It's Australia's new not-for-profit association made up of tech people who are passionate about the property industry and committed to improving experiences in how we buy, sell, rent, manage, build and finance property. Joining will give you access to events and networks across Australia and globally to help you promote and grow your business. Go to proptechassociation.com.au and follow the prompts to join. 
we talked about what the challenges are that your customers are facing. What, what, what's MRI doing to try and address some of those challenges? Did we talk about that? Yeah, no, we didn't. One of the first, one of the big things we do, uh, if we did, I clearly missed the point. Uh, <laughs> one of the uh, client centricity is a really important part of that. So really listening and understanding what the problem is. So you can't <laughs> assume, you know, you can't assume the, the the answer is the blue widget versus a red widget. You know, you've got to look at what's the core of the problem and how, how what are innovative ways of solving it. So I think that does come to innovation being aligned to a business outcome, not for the sake of it. So I think client centricity uh, is an important part of that. Um, and, and I think wrapping it around things like change management, recognising that to change new systems, especially when people are remote, requires a fair bit of focus. So we are putting, you know, we've, we're, we're building out a client experience team. Um, and part of that is about making sure the experience of adapting to new technology is a positive one so that people, you know, readily adapt adopted rather than being forced down that path mm-hmm. um, because yeah and, and I think we, we want you know in terms of some of those other challenges that we talked about that are not necessarily related to technology you know things like you know culture and working environments yeah we want to contribute to industry we want to be an active player in industry in having the conversations in listening to the conversations and and you know, hopefully adding value to to businesses in ways other than just providing tech so a lot of a lot of um the original Rock N products and the MRI, you know, have, you have products that have been around for a long time. How do you how do you get those rusted on clients to adapt to innovation or to to upgrade with you? Yeah. you are you carrot and sticking them or yeah. what's the well? <laughs> some, it probably no more carrot than stick, to be honest. Uh, I, you know, we we as a company as a philosophy don't actively try and end of life products. We don't like to force people to move off if there's a, a significant base of clients who really want to stay where they are, we won't force them. So we do have you know, clients on Altec who, um, who want to stay there and that's fine. We, we absolutely believe that the future is the cloud and we, we actively either develop, acquire, integrate with cloud solutions to, to provide more capability in the cloud, even if it's not the whole solution on the cloud. You know, the ability to do your day-to-day job in a more mobile way is important. So it, it is more carrot than it is stick, I'd say, based on that, rather than just forcing people to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, would it be great if everyone would move, you know, in the next year? Yep, that would, but but I don't think that's realistic and we'll go at a, a time frame that suits the clients. And what about at that kind of cutting-edge element for a company as big as MRI how do you try and accommodate your clients who are urging you to you know maybe do more or innovate more uh, there is always a desire to to do more and it's you know we can't we can't do everything the important part of strategy is what what we say no to and, and that's why I think our innovation strategy having three prongs is about trying to keep up with the pace because I don't think we can do it all ourselves mm. uh, hence partnering and acquisition is also part of bringing that innovation to bear um, it, it's always a tension point, you know, and, and to me it is about being clear on what bets we place and really doubling down on that in the markets we choose rather than trying to be all things to all people. Mm. It, it's good tension to have though, isn't it? Like it's, it, you know, keeps, <laughs> keeps you alive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's you know you're alive. Um, what do you want MRI to be known for under your leadership? You know, I think, um, uh you know, I, I, I treat it as a great honour being here and having a senior role in this industry. It, it, and I don't take it for granted. I think I'd love to get to the point where we are seen as setting a benchmark for the industry. Uh, as, a, as a mature player, I think we've got a duty to be 
a good citizen in the industry, that we set a benchmark for what good client relationships look like over the long term uh, and that we are a, a player that acts with integrity and we've supported others in the ecosystem to do well. Uh, so I think that partnership at a client level and a partner level and having a good reputation, that is key. Uh, and I think the second thing I'd also say is that, that an internal culture that the people who've been here have developed their own skills, their own innovation and are future leaders in the business and that they look back on their careers, whether they're here or somewhere else, and say, you know, I learned something at MRI. Uh, I learned what good leadership was about. I learned technology skills. I learned what a good team looked like, and I'm able to take that learning forward in my own career. So the people look back fondly at the time at MRI and say, I grew. Because I think for everybody, you know, you don't say one company forever and anyone who does is, yeah, crazy. Uh, so you hope people are always growing and developing would be my internal goal uh, while I'm here. Oh, and, and what about your external goal? What do you want your clients that, that, to know? It's about our client relationship so that we've got a reputation for client relationship. We we, we do what we say, uh, that we're trusted, that whenever there's a problem we will we will muck in and get it get it sorted. We never back away from a challenge. Mm. Uh, and I think, as a, again, a player with scale, that responsibility and integrity in the industry. And I think that we've contributed to the industry itself, that we're not just uh, in it for ourselves, that we're in it to, you know, contribute to the, the growth and reputation of the industry. Awesome. So, so David, to wrap up the interview, we always ask our um, guests to look into, you know, get the magic eight ball or the, the crystal ball out and tell us what do you think are the technology trends out there that are going to impact real estate and property management over the next five years? You know, Kai, I, I put the disclaimer in earlier that I wouldn't describe myself as a tech innovator per se. So I'm, I'm probably not going to give you some wild idea to go and invest in that's going to make that's all right. I've got I've got more than enough ideas on, on what I want to invest in. Just... So, so but, but my view is I think uh, increasingly we'll see technology being artificial intelligence led. Mm. Uh, and what that means is that organisations realise that data is a strategic asset. It's something that your customers, your competitors don't have. They can yeah. replicate your technology. They can't replicate your data. Mm. So it needs to be used for, for benefit. Uh, so I think that's a really important trend, data as a strategic asset. Uh, I think the other one is about, and it's kind of related to that first one, is about knowing your customer through their the life cycle and their journey, knowing them as a person, not as attachment to a, to a property, and that applies across the spectrum. Uh, and I, I think it's, it's no longer one size fits all. Our marketing to a customer needs to take account of where they are in their life journey because mm. the services and their propensity to buy those services changes over time. So I think data used well facilitates that ability to know your customer. And I think the third trend I would say is yeah, consolidation in the industry. You know, I think uh, it is fragmented. That makes it difficult for everyone to survive and thrive. Uh, you know, clients probably want a more, you know, a more uh, a simpler landscape to navigate. So I do think uh, there will be some aspect of that. And clients are sub suffering some from subscription fatigue, if I can call it that. Mm. Now, they don't want to have to you know, have 20 different systems to run their business. They want to, you know, narrow it down to those that can really uh, grow with them and scale and, and still innovate. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Well, look, David, thank you so much. It's been awesome to have you on the PropTech podcast. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Kylie. Love chatting and uh, we'll hopefully catch up again. <laughs> hopefully we won't do this again next week, right? <laughs> now, during that interview, you may have heard a few references to it being our second take. Confession time. 
We had a really large electrical storm when I did the first interview, which freaked my dog out. And just as the interview started, and I actually forgot to hit record on the Zoom, if you can believe it, um, a fact I realised just as we were finishing up. But David was extraordinarily gracious and immediately agreed to redo the interview, saying he wanted a practice run anyway. And my uh, face was the colour of my red shirt. I think this is a sign of a really good CEO, someone who recognises that we can all be fallible and human and make mistakes, but also understands the importance of keeping your eye on the main goal and being flexible and good-humoured in getting there. I also really like the MRI approach to acquisitions. It's common when big firms buy smaller innovative companies for them to break the newcomer by imposing their way of doing things. And it's great to see that MRI is adopting different integration models based on the goals of the original founders and their own career aspirations. And I'm looking forward to interviewing Travis from Box and Dice um, shortly too. There are lots of different ways to exit a startup or scale up, and not every prop tech will be a unicorn. Selling to a bigger player is a great exit as well, especially when um, the bigger player is happy to incorporate your career goals into how they adopt and embrace your technology. Now, MRI, as uh, when they were rock-end, together with realestate.com.au, Domain and CoreLogic, are what I would call the founding fathers of Australian prop tech. So it is great to see them playing such a positive role in supporting innovation. And as the author of the original Voice of Australian Property Managers report, I am really looking forward to getting stuck into the new data set. So if you're a property manager, please click the links in the show notes and fill out the survey. It will take just a few minutes. Now, if you have enjoyed this episode of the PropTech Podcast, I would love you to tell all your friends. Check out all our episodes on theproptechpodcast.com or drop me a line either via email, LinkedIn or Facebook. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor and Apple iTunes or anywhere good podcasts are heard. I'd like to thank my podcast producer, Charlie Hollands and the fabulous Jill Escudero and our sponsors, Direct Connect, Making Moving Easy, Dynamic Methods, the name behind Forms Live, REI Forms Live and RealWorks, and the PropTech Association of Australia, Australia's peak industry body supporting the flourishing PropTech community. Now, if you're an Australian or New Zealand PropTech who would like to be on the show, drop me a line via LinkedIn or Kylie at proptechassociation.com.au. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, keep on PropTeching. <laughs>